This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. We're really doing it, eh, Harry? I can't believe we're doing this. I'm not ready for this. This uh, episode, this show today. Um, it, for those listening, this will be our last show until September 5th. So we're just going to come back do a little show here. <laughs> and then I'm off until that Monday. I don't, I'm not, I'm enjoying oh, too much of my time off. Yeah. I, but, uh, uh, but our listeners was, haven't apparently. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a great time. Craig is literally forcing us to work today and do a show because of all the people that tweet into the show. Craig is taking it to heart. So here we are throwing out what I call a courtesy episode because I I really have no desire to be here. Although I have a lot of stuff that I've done in the last month, by the way. So September 5th, can we agree on that? Well, I'm going to tell you this. No one cares what you've done over the last month with your feet up and hanging out all by the lake. You're running around all over Ontario and Buffalo and every place else uh, with your kid. People want some content. I got a guy on a lawnmower. I can't remember his name. He's like, enough already. I've had enough. I need some more content. I'm a landscaper. I cut lawns. I'm on my uh, the, the lawnmower all day long. He goes, I've already listened to your show twice through. And I'm like, all right, we got to get back for this guy. We got to get, uh, get things. And, and I'm the exact opposite. And I'm more like, let them wait. But that's besides the point. Here we are. Um, one, one thing we have to address, uh, show-related, business-related, whatever you want to call it, because, you know, we, we approve a lot of the stuff that we put out there, you know, whether it's a tweet or whether it's, a, you know, whatever. Uh, what was with that video? I, I, out of nowhere, I, I, I wake up to this, like, barrage of, of responses in the morning and, and there's old uncle Craig, uh, sitting by the fire by himself one night. I mean, whole, how many takes first of all, and how uncomfortable were you with recording yourself and putting that out there? Cause knowing you, that was extremely difficult. Um, and, and by the way, by the way, I, I never would have put that, that video up, but whatever, that's, that's just me. You know what? You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, like years ago, when I first started in this business, kind of like somewhat newly retired, you know, I felt s- super guarded, just like every one of these bloody hockey players. You're just you guard yourself in every way you have to. I mean, that's just kind of the way you whether you're walking around the city, you're going out to the restaurant, you're going out to a movie, you're just doing anything. You're always guarded because people are watching, people are videotaping you, people are doing everything. I think you grow out in public and you drink enough. You don't worry about those things. Yeah, just exactly from experience. But I'll tell you this. um, My family at that time, all of them went back to Buffalo. I was up at the cottage by myself. I had an unbelievable day. Just I, I, you, you know, the way I am, I'm kind of like a, a, a clean freak and uh, organizing. And I literally detailed, and I mean, detailed this, this cottage up and down. 
it was immaculate inside. Then I started working on the outside. I'm cutting down, you know, some, some dead trees, branches. I start burning them at like one o'clock in the afternoon. It was an awesome work day. I was chopping what else wood. Were you burning up there north of the border. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. no, no. Um, but, uh, I'll tell you, I sat down about 10 o'clock. It was absolutely beautiful out. The weather was beautiful. The fire that had been burning since one o'clock that day had ashes and coals that were so hot and, and just, you throw a log on there and the thing would just erupt with, with beautiful flames and the crackling of the fire. And let me tell you. And all that just, just, I got in one. Let's put a video on. I got in one. It was glorious. And, uh, one o'clock, one take, one take. That was it. I swear on my kid's head. That was it. I think I speak so much better when I'm, uh, when I'm, uh, you know, a few wobbly pops in me, but, uh, like I said, great. You, you stop caring. <laughs> exactly. Uh, stop caring and let it all out. And you know what? I'm, I'm so excited to get back. I, we've been off for, we've been off for a month and it, uh, you know, not a whole lot going on in the hockey world. It's been very, very quiet for, for the last it's month. It's been an interesting summer, though, in the hockey world. But it has, yeah. Not much going on lately. But I'm, you know, like, like I said on that video, as much as you are either laughing your head off or, 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 you know, just giving yourself the head nod, like, what the hell is this guy doing? Everything I said in the video was true. We're trying to make this uh, awesome podcast uh, better. You know, we want, we want to be even better than what we were last year. You know, we've only been doing this for 10 months. Um, we've had, we've had a great, great number of people over the, the, the course of the year, give us the good, bad, and the ugly. There's things that they don't like. There's things that they love. There's things that they want. And I appreciate that. I love it. I love one, it. One way to make this podcast better is for you to stop talking. Because that same night that you did that video, <laughs> that same night, <laughs> your face is priceless. That same night that you did the video, I was uh, I was at uh, uh, I want to call it Ralph Wilson Stadium, and then I want to call it New Era Stadium because, but it's something else. I don't know what. Uh, what is it? Josh Allen Stadium? I don't. What is it? Anyway, I was at the Highmark Highmark Stadium. I was at the Highmark Stadium watching Metlica, Metallica. Wow. Yeah. You know who opened for him? Uh, you told me. Greta Van Fleet. Do you want to know what pissed me off about Greta Van Fleet that night? Sat that? through eight of their songs. Okay. I've heard three yeah. of them. I think they only have eight. Sat through eight of their songs. They put on an unbelievable show. Whoever the lead singer is of that band is absolutely in. He's electrifying on the stage. Okay. okay. Sounds yeah. just like Led Zeppelin. They are incredible. Okay. They didn't play Safari song. It's like the only fucking song that I really, really know. And that's their biggest hit. And they don't even play Safari song. But anyway, I wasn't yeah, there. They, for I mean, they are literally they look like the one hit wonder. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, uh, you know, people that love their music, which, which again, I think they're just, they're a literally a complete knockoff of Led Zeppelin. You know, the, the kid is insanely talented. 
the band is insanely talented. But when you go and try, and they say that they did not try and replicate Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant. It's identical. Complete bullshit. Who, who are you kidding? You literally sound like one of the most iconic bands in the history of music. I had a okay. guy sitting beside behind me at the concert and uh, he, you know, I was, I was with, uh, I was with a group of people and this gentleman, um, Alan Ely is his name. He turns around, he's talking to people, where are you from? You know, like how many times you see Metallica and this one guy is probably late fifties, maybe even early sixties. He said, this is my 26th Metallica show. So we're, you know, we're shooting the shit. What? Yeah, I know. And I said to him, I'm like, uh, what do you think of Greta Van Fleet? You like Greta Van Fleet? And he absolutely despises Greta Van Fleet because he was alive when Led Zeppelin was killing it, right? So yeah, he's sitting there going like, "I already, I already heard that band before, and they were way better." He said, "Led Zeppelin kills that band, and they're a complete ripoff." Like he despised them, right? And I was giving every argument against it. You know, he and I are going yeah. back and forth, and and he actually. Well, what is your argument? Are you going to tell me right now that they 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 do not sound? Exactly. Like that singer. It wasn't about if they of sound Greta Van like Fleet sounds exactly like whether, Robert Plant. Whether or not they deserve to be relevant because they are copying another band. And I think they do. I think if you can if you can replicate that sound, Led Zeppelin had a very, very distinct sound. So I mean And so did it, Robert Plant. Well, ex- exactly. The voice, the sound, the music, all of it. And I just think if you can pull that off, I I, I mean that's with your own music, with your own music, like they're not a cover band. Okay. So like they're right. They have their own music, but they I'm telling you, they'd be, they'd be more popular. I I think if their, they their would song, do Safari song is in my opinion. Okay. All the true Led Zeppelin lovers out there are going to kill yeah. me for this, but that song Safari song. Don't say and it. I've heard every Don't big hit by it. it. That song is better than any song. Oh, you're Zeppelin an idiot. Okay. You're going to start this shit already on our first show. You're an <laughs> idiot. I'm I'm not saying Led Zeppelin. I'm not saying they're better than Led Zeppelin. Oh, no, you saying- just said that you said the Safari song is 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 better than any Led Zeppelin song. That's Maybe an idiotic exception an of idiotic song, uh, Ramble On. Comment. Other than Ramble On. Oh my then, god. Then okay. you don't you haven't listened to the Led Zeppelin, okay? I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin. Literally from the time I was about 14 years old when I started listening to Zeppelin all the way through. I mean, I I am not even going to go there. We're not even going to have this friggin' argument because you're going to. Okay. Okay. Now Metallica. I got a, I got a bone with Metallica now too. Bone oh, to pick with go. them. Here no, we go. No, Two listen, of my favorite you don't bands. Come into a stadium. No, you don't come into a stadium on a tour where you got, who knows how many years they have left a tour and open a concert. Now, granted, I am not your Metallica diehard. I know all their hits. Okay. I don't, I started listening to their music at the Black Album, okay? So, like, anything before that is kind of, like, you know, not as important to me than anything after the Black Album, because that was my introduction to Metallica, was Enter Sandman. So, point is, I've heard all their hits before, I've heard, heard all of them. You don't come into a stadium with, I don't know how many people were there, max capacity, okay, and start a start the concert with whiplash like you don't come from ecstasy of gold and go into whiplash i think they completely botched the opening i think they should have started with better songs i I wasn't overly impressed with their set list but i will say this 
for men that old, I cannot get over how unbelievable they are in concert, the energy, the production of the show, all of it. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. insane. Now, I had to think about and maybe calculate how many hip replacements and knee replacements were there because everybody that was, there was a vast majority of people there that were a lot older than I was. Like we're talking sixties, even in their seventies, people were there, yeah. you know, and it's just kind of like, you know, you're seeing these like really hard metal guys just killing it on the guitar and pumping the lyrics in. And I think they're trying to get the crowd into it. And I'm just like, man, it's not 1989 anymore. And these yeah. people aren't 24 jumping around. Matt Metallica's, uh, you know, I, I got to see them. I told you this story before, um, but I got to see them in Montreal. It was it was, it is bar none the best concert I have ever been to. Um, I got to meet the uh, the bass player um, after the show, but uh, Sakukoiva and I went um, went to the show that night at the Bell Center. We uh, we show up, we park down underneath uh, underneath. We take the security guards up to the locker room. And Saku and I are in the locker room. We're having a couple wobbly pops with, uh, you know, a couple of the trainers that were there at the time. And uh, about, you know, 15 minutes before the show is going to start, two security guards take us out of out of the locker room, okay, where the, the, the Montreal Canadian players come out during the game. We came out there. We hopped the boards. So now we're into the circle of trust area of Metallica. And these guys, all their security are not liking that. Who the hell are these little pipsqueaks walking around in the circle of trust area, right? But the security guards take us to the end of the rink. We hop the boards again. So now we're going up into the stance. And I told you this, this story before. It was, it was one of the most memorable experiences I had playing in the NHL. And it wasn't even on the ice. So Saku was ahead of me. There was a security guard ahead of him and a security guard behind me. So we're in the middle. And as we start to walk up, you can hear the crowd was just a real, real quiet murmur. Everybody's just kind of sitting down talking. And then all of a sudden you hear one guy yell out, Saku, we love you. All of a sudden now everybody has got their eyes on Saku and there's this chant small chant that starts Saku, Saku, Saku. And I mean, the crowd starts going a thousand, two thousand, four thousand. And now the entire place is chanting Saku. Sa it, I had chills and goosebumps that I, I, I can't even begin to tell you. I'm behind them. And I'm giving the fist pump, Saku, <laughs> Saku. And he's, he's turning around like, put your arm down, quit doing that. You know, cause he, he does not like limelight. He did not like the limelight and Maybe it was damn near a sweet that night. Yeah. It was damn near impossible uh, for him, but it was one of the greatest nights we got up there and the lights went down and the party exploded man they they ripped through i love metallica i'm a huge metallica fan 
they ripped through some of the 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 greatest songs like master of puppets oh my lord yeah, when they, they were doing that they i ended felt- with uh they ended with that that was the final song of the whole concert and you know what though for me I, I, and we'll we'll change topic i got an unbelievable story to tell you actually i don't even know if it's unbelievable and i don't even know if i should be telling it but i'm going to tell it um the only reason why i went to metallica number one was it was right here in Orchard Park. Like I live a mile and a half from the stadium. Yeah. Okay. I like if a few years ago they were here, maybe three, four years ago, my brother had four tickets and his wife and they're like, come with us, come to the concert. I was like, I don't want to go see Metallica. I don't want to go. I don't want to go fight the crowd and all this stuff at the rink, but because it was outside. And the other thing is too, James Hetfield is sober, right? So I always think about that. Like when I'm sober, I think about other people that are, that have influenced me or been, you know, some kind of a positive influence me or inspired me to not only just quit drinking, but stay sober. And he's one of them. I mean, like I I said this not long ago, I was on with shred and ragging here in Buffalo and um, it was, it was right around the draft or whatever it was. And I, I, we talked about Metallica because I asked, are you going, I just look at James Hetfield and I think here's this guy who is this, tough looking strong hard singing you know this this reputation for being a party animal you know alcoholica all that stuff and he he goes and goes to rehab basically in the middle of a documentary you know what i mean and then comes back yeah. and then starts the starts the band back up and you know they've been killing it ever since so that to me that's another reason why i wanted to see him i just and i had to hear ecstasy of gold live in front of 50, 60, 70,000 people right before they came on. So it was, it was a good experience anyway. So that was my Metallica night. That was the same night you put out your, your video. We got to talk about Mackenzie Weger. And I mean, obviously we're going to discuss the Kachuk trade signing Huberto deal. And your cousin, Mac Weger was involved in that trade. Take us back to that night um, um, amongst the 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 Rive family circle, there with uh, Mac's dad and Mac and everything, and the whole trade. Like, when did you know about the trade? And versus when it was announced, did you know before? Did you know after? Were you in contact with Mac? Like, what happened? No, I I found out um through uh one of my from my nephew back home who's who's a diehard florida panthers fan right watching mac his entire life and he's just been a he's been a florida panthers fan forever Pump he called podcast. me he does he does a podcast. Yes. he's a teenager he does a podcast yep. called straight yep. out of 16 sunrise. years old straight out of sunrise podcast talks uh you know he's he's just he loves it he's uh he's uh he loves the the game of hockey he loves the panthers and and anyway, he uh, social media popped uh, popped up that uh, there was this great big huge trade with Kachuk and all this kind of stuff, and uh, Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, and he texts me right away. And I look at the trade and read the trade. I'm like, what? Wow, this is insane. So I I call Mac right away. Does get he on answer? the phone? He answers. He's in Mount Tremblant. He's with his older older sister, and they were out that night, just in in Mount Tremblant, just kind of having a having some fun stuff like that. And he was like, "Yeah, I just got off the phone 
not even five minutes ago. He goes, I guess I'm going to Calgary. With who? Who calls him to tell him he's traded? I think he was uh, talked to Brad. Uh, what is Trey it? Living? Trey Living. Yeah, welcome to Calgary, this and that. And it was a small talk. We'll be in touch, but just wanted to introduce myself. You know, super happy that you're coming, blah, 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 done. That was it. So like when you, when you, when you go back and you, you know, dissect the trade, you know, Jonathan Huberto was second in NHL scoring last year with 115 points tied with Johnny Goudreau. Okay. Um, Jonathan Huberto is, is, I would say a top 10 player in the national hockey league. He has been one of the top players in the national hockey league for, for quite a while. He's had some big, big point seasons. Um, he's very consistent and he is a superstar among superstars. So when you look at that trade for Kachuk, for Huberto, you're kind of like, well, you know, that's that's not a bad trade. You know, if 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 uh, Matthew Kachuk wants out of Calgary, that's fine. I think it's horse shit, but I think, you know, it's fine. All these young kids nowadays, they just, you know, if they don't want to play, they just uh, go to their agent and uh, they suck their thumb until uh, they get moved. And why, why? Why do you think it's horse shit, though? Why does he have to play want to play in Calgary? Hmm. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I, I'm, I'm also, isn't this the new age NHL? Isn't this, you know, star, star players dictating where they want to go? Oh, oh okay. So you're kind of like, you're kind of like on my side with this, um, but I, but I don't really quite know. I think there's loyalty. I think there's loyalty to some, uh, um, when you have opportunity to play in the national hockey league, when you play, get to play in the NHL, I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big, big deal. Matthew Kachuk, there's a there's a massive, massive, massive fan base in Calgary that is is looking for a player like Matthew Kachuk to to lead this team to the promised land, to lead it to, you know, where can we make the next step? These people in Calgary and 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 and, and the Flames Nation are are looking for Matthew Kachuk. Looking for Johnny Goudreau is a different situation. You know why? Johnny Goudreau played all those years in Calgary. And then he, when he's unrestricted, it's on Calgary that they did not try and sign Johnny Goudreau before this. It's on them. Johnny Goudreau walked because they did not... I don't blame Calgary for not signing him. I am. I, I agree with them. I mean, okay. I don't. I don't. I don't blame them. Sorry, but go ahead. Well, I do. I, I I blame Calgary for Johnny Goudreau leaving because you do not allow a player like Johnny Goudreau, who's you know twenty seven years old, who you don't you don't allow him to reach unrestricted free agency. You don't. You signed Did you him. honestly think he was gonna he could have had the season that he had though this year? I mean, I don't I don't we've gone over this. We've done this argument before. Do I, I mean, think I, he, has, he has the capabilities of doing it? Yeah, he's he's a great hockey player. He didn't have a great year the year before. Um, but even Johnny Goudreau's um average year is better than 90% of 
players in the league. I mean, he is he's he is a superstar. John Johnny Goudreau is a superstar. He had an unbelievable year, but he should have been signed before this year. I mean, they should have known that Johnny Goudreau was not coming back. He was not signing. They should have known that a year ago. That's just my opinion. Before, before we get and into- then they lost Johnny Goudreau for nothing. They lost him for nothing, Petey. Oh, no, I'm well aware with how that feels. Trust me. We know that here in Buffalo. I mean, uh, you know, our team lost Drury and Briere in one summer. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm well aware with, but, with what. But here's the thing. You lost Briere because your, your, your ownership was cheap. You lost Drury because your ownership wouldn't play, pay Briere. And he was like, I'm out. I can get way more money playing someplace else. So I'm not staying here just for the love of playing in Buffalo. You lost Briere and Jury because your ownership was cheap. Okay. We're not still in the same situation in Calgary. Players walk out the door is what I'm saying. Yeah, but if there's a reason why. Johnny Grujo got offered $10.5 million. Okay? $10.5 million he got offered to stay in Calgary. And he chose to leave. And that's on him. That's his choice. I respect that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Do I think Calgary screwed up by not having a contract done with him a year ago? Yes. Because if they would have been in the negotiations that they had this year, they would have been able to find out where Johnny Grudrow's mind was. We're going to be able to find out where your mind is. And can we sign you? And get this deal done. Okay. And at that time, when Johnny Grudeau says, no, you know, I think I'm just going to wait. That's red flags for you to say, he's not coming back. He is going to test the market. So we are going to move an elite player and we're going to get multiple first rounders. We're going to get an elite prospect. We're going to get a player that's going to make our team better right now. Like you're going to get a boatload. That's what you have to do. They didn't do that. They lost out. It is what it is. Matthew Kachuk is something completely different, Petey. He is a restricted free agent. He His rights are owned by Calgary Flames. This bullshit with uh, uh, Dubois, like, that irritates me. That irritates me when he wants out of Columbus and he doesn't like where he's going and his, he's a restricted free agent. Put your time in. When you're an unrestricted free agent, then you can do whatever you want. But right now, these, play, these younger players, Matthew Chuck saying that he's, he's not going to re-sign, it, it's, I just don't like it. It just, to me, it stinks. And Calgary was a wounded, wounded animal. When they lost Johnny Goudreau and they lost Gabranson. There you go. Yeah. They don't, don't are forget a, him. Yep. They are a wounded animal. But I'll tell you, Brad Treleving, he is GM of the year so far. Is Number it one, possible? He picks up Huberto, which is basically a wash for Johnny Goudreau. He picks up. Nazem Kadri, who is 
extremely similar to a Matthew Kachuk in the way that they play the game. But he's now, a Matthew, centerman. He's a, well, he's a centerman, but they play nasty. They're, they're border. They're, they're very aggressive. They irritate people. You know, they're, they're, they're very, very similar. Now, Nazem Kadri is, is quite a bit older. Okay. I understand that. But you look at, you look at, uh, he had 87 points last year in 71 games. 87 points. He missed 11 games last year. He was on pace for 100 points. And you look at Matthew Kachuk, he had best year of his career. I think he had 102 points or something like that. He had an incredible year. So, did Calgary get better? Is it possible? Like I, I hear what you're saying. Like I, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm wondering, are they a better team? Because you, and you're, you're being modest here because you're not bringing up Mackenzie Weger replacing Good Branson, but that's an upgrade. It's an upgrade when it, when you, and and I know you don't want to go and focus on that because you're being humble and you don't want to sound like you're pumping the tires of your cousin. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you go Weger or Good Branson, Weger's an upgrade. You say Huberdo and Goudreau are almost equals, but some might say that Huberto is better than Goudreau. Goudreau might be maybe shifty. You know, they're, they're maybe a little bit, a little bit of different style there, but they, in the end, they pretty much do the same. They get the same job done. Yeah. And then you have Nazem Kad. They're able to trade Monaghan, get Monaghan salary out of there. Okay. And Monaghan, you have to, you have to understand like Monaghan, is still a, a relatively young young player. He had a hip surgery last year. He he played half the year, ended up shutting it down because he was horrendous. He couldn't skate, couldn't move. He is still rehabilitating himself right now. And uh, for Montreal, incredible trade. You got a centerman that was a number one centerman in the league at the time. Okay. A guy that has scored 30 plus goals multiple times in this league. He's still what 20, 26, 26 years old right now. He still has years left in him. If he can work out and maybe not even be a number one center because they don't need him to be a number one center because they have Suzuki. But if he can funnel in and be a number two, a really, really, really good number three center. They're also getting a first round draft pick for nothing for future considerations. But I will tell you, I think Calgary did some wonderful things. You know, they got uh, a serious upgrade on defense with Mackenzie Weger. He's, he's a top, uh, he's a top 10, 15 in that range of defensemen in the national hockey league. Um, they're okay. So what, what are you, what are you basing that on? I'm basing it on all of the, basically, you know, every year, every year, you know, the gurus of hockey come out with their top, you know, 20 defensemen or top 30 defensemen in the national hockey league. And McKenzie basically is, I've seen him at 15. I've seen him at 16 and in, in different defenseman categories. So he's around 
a top 15, a top 16 defenseman in the league. You're getting you're getting a stud. You're getting a, a minute eater. You're getting a guy that can play power play, penalty kill. He's playing major minutes. Um, he he's 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 a very very strong defenseman. He moves the puck exceptionally well. He's one of the best defenseman puck moving guys. He's a top ten uh, puck mover in the National Hockey League. Calgary is getting a great defenseman. They have gotten better with Mackenzie Weger on the back end. And I'm going to tell you, Calgary last year, I think was one of the best defense, uh, one of the best defense cores in the league. Well, now they've upgraded. They have great goaltending in Markstrom. Their forward line, bringing in Nazem Kadri. Okay. Bringing in Jonathan Huberto. You're bringing in two guys that can, that quite frankly, might even be better for this organization at this point in time right now might be better for the organization because Johnny, Johnny Goudreau has been here for so long. Maybe he's lost a little bit of, of um, jam where you're getting fresh new guys in Jonathan Huberno wants to play exceptionally well. Nazem Kadri wants to win. I think Calgary is a very, very good hockey team. Who's better, Calgary or Florida? Last question on this topic, by the way. I think the goaltending's better in Calgary. And I don't think anybody on the planet would deny that. You know, um, Knight, the 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 young goaltender in Florida is going to be a great goaltender, but he hasn't solidified the number one. Sergey Bobrovsky had a uh, had a great playoff, but he is he is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. He is up and down. Some nights he's just horrendous. Other nights he's he's the best goaltender in the league. Markstrom is outstanding. He is a top five goaltender in the league right now. The goaltender goes to Calgary. The defense. Without question, a hundred percent goes to Calgary. There, it's not even close. The difference between uh, the the top six in Calgary to the top six in Florida. Calgary is by far better. Where it gets interesting is um, both teams in Calgary can score. Both of them can st- score. They have they have a lot of offense. You know, with uh, you know a, a, a team like Calgary that has multiple guys last year, they had a number of guys that scored 40 goals. You know, Nazem Kadri last year in 71 games had 87 points. You have Jonathan Huberto who had 115 points. You have uh, Majapani last year scored 35 goals. He signed um, an extension too. He signed an extension and, and well-deserved. Um, Elias Lindholm, who, who, what an unbelievable trade. Elias Lindholm and um, Hannafin gets traded to Calgary. And uh, Elias Lindholm, their number one center last year, had 82 points in 80 games, 42 goals. There is a ton of offense, but they also... uh, Tyler Toffoli got traded from, from Montreal. He played exceptionally well, but they have the other side of things where they've got the Milan Lucic, they've got um, guys like um, Blake Coleman 
who play a, a different brand. They're, they're defender, they're more defenders, but they're highly physical. They have that nasty to them. Calgary is going to be a very, very good team. They are, they're going to get to sit back and watch to see what they do this year. I think they're going to be fighting for num uh, for, you know, the first spot in their division. But this is a team right now. Goaltending and defense are absolutely set. The forward line in their top six is unbelievable. They are going to, if they want to be a Stanley Cup champion, I think they they need to uh, they meet need to make a couple moves. But I don't think those moves will come to the end of the year at trade deadline. And Calgary is going to be an extremely extremely strong team. It's going to be interesting to see because I think a lot of people, I mean, myself included, were absolutely looking at Calgary when Goudreau leaves and then Goodbranson leaves and then Kachuk wants out and you're sitting there thinking, man, a team, how can a team fall off so quickly in one off season? And then here they are and you don't think they're going to miss a beat at all. In fact, they might even be better. Um, let's talk uh, just a couple minutes of Sabres here before we, before we get out of here. Any, uh, any thoughts? I mean, nothing's really happened with the Sabres this offseason, but I mean, as as we take this month off and you hear and you read everything that's gone on with the Sabres and how excited everybody is around here, I think that's one of the things that we haven't seen in a long time is the excitement level so high for the hockey team. You know, long time for the football team, but in the last few years, there's there's been a lot more optimism and promise and excitement for the Bills. But I mean, I feel like the Sabres fans are there. I don't know if the team is at the level that the fans hope they are, but I definitely love the optimism and excitement from the fan base here in Buffalo. I would say that they've been one of the most boring teams in the league. And what I mean by that is, you know, Kevin Adams says uh, he has a focus. He's stuck to it. He knows exactly what he wants to do. But when you're a fan and you're looking at everybody else's team, making all these deals and moves and tinkering here, tinkering there, Buffalo is in a really good situation, which kind of is boring. Um, they're they're going to have some uh, some guys this year are going to there are going to be some big years of transition for a lot of players. Casey Middlestat cannot wait right now to see what happens with Casey Middlestat. Casey Middlestat last year, if you remember, was deemed the best player at training camp. Came in in phenomenal shape. He's got world-class talent, skills, vision. He was moving and grooving and gets hurt in his first game of the year. Devastating. Devastating for, the, for Casey's development. Devastated stating for Casey because that was a year that he was going to propel himself to big boy status. And because of Casey was out because of Casey taking a step back, there's another guy that moved into his spot and had a year, had a career year and that's Tage Thompson. So we got to see Tage Thompson flourish and take over a position that we, not one single person in all of Buffalo land, would have sat there and said, oh, yeah, I could totally see uh, six foot seven Tage Thompson scoring 38 goals and 68 points. No, no, none of us saw that. None of us saw him playing 
center. None of us saw him uh, scoring 38 goals. And that was great. There's some players this year that need to establish themselves in where they are moving and what direction. We're looking for third-year Dylan Cousins to make a major stride. Major stride. We need to see what level of hockey, what level of play are we going to get from Cage uh, from from a Dylan Cousins? You know, Dylan Cousins had a solid year. He works hard. He does the right things. He plays a nice brand of hockey. But you know, for me, in seventy-eight games last year, he had thirteen goals and thirty-eight points. For me, I really want to see Dylan Cousins continue to move forward in his development offensively because i know defensively he's 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 pretty strong strong on draws he's he's a big body um he skates well he's a smart player defensively but i i think that we want to see where's the level of him moving forward offensively I'm just looking up Tage here, and I'm just like, I just think back to the day that you were telling me that he's going to sign for eight for eight. Right now, they should sign him. I'm like, he scored eight goals last year in 38 games. Like, are you surprised he hasn't signed it? Are you surprised we haven't heard any rumblings or talks about a Tage Thompson extension? I mean, it's starting. I mean, we had the conversation first. I will say that, but it's starting to be had a little bit more. Um, by people locally, you know, in the media and stuff like that, the questions are being asked. And I sit and I think you sign Tage Thompson. Now, I don't care what he does this season. I don't care if he scores 45 goals. You do not sign him until after the season starts. So when can you start? you look at that. Is that January one or after trade deadline or whatever it is that you can start signing extensions with RFAs? I would wait. I would wait. Okay, you would wait. And and I want I want you to I want you to understand something. If you remember back a number of months ago, this is when this is this is before the season was uh over for the Sabres. We they were still playing. And I told you that my thought would I would love nothing more than to get Tage Thompson on a long-term deal. And do you remember the number that I wanted to get him under? Six or six and a half. I, I said five, seven, five. If you remember that, you can go back. I don't even know, 20, 20 episodes or whatever. But it was like, it was like four it was like five episodes ago. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah, my the very first you said time, it in July. I can go back. I can, you know what? Go ahead. Carry on. I'm going to find it, but go ahead. Um, when we talked about Tage, I would want to try and sign him, and I would want to try and get him under a deal before he starts this season because we're playing a little bit of Russian roulette if we allow Tage Thompson to go and play another year and be considered our number one center because if he goes out and he has another year like he did last year you are going to be paying him eight and a half million dollars okay eight and a half million you said 20 shows ago it was two shows ago it was free agency part three so no, no yeah, because july you're 20th. wrong so listen here here's the problem 
you don't listen to what I say. Okay. You always try and, you know, you're smarter than everybody else. We did have a Tage Thompson conversation, but we were talking about, I told you that Tage Thompson is look, it, it would probably sign for somewhere around, uh, 8 million for eight years. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, it's right here. And I thought it was embarrassing. I can play it okay. from it. Well, that is probably the number that you're looking at for Tage Thompson, because when you go and look at guys, his comparables, Robert Thomas, who just went and signed in St. Louis for $8.125 million a year for eight years, that is a comparable to, for Tage Thompson. He signed for $65 million. This is Robert Thomas. He's a great hockey player. He had 20 goals last year. 20 goals, 77 points. Well, Tage Thompson had 38 goals, 68 points on, on a much lesser team than Robert Thomas. So when you start to look around and you start to see, see teams that are signing their young core hockey players, you realize that the Tage Thompson is a very good hockey player. You ever heard uh, of a guy named today? Uh, he's not. You ever heard a guy named uh, uh, Joshua Norris? Yeah. Okay. Joshua Norris is a great hockey player that plays for the Ottawa Senators. It's fantastic. He's 23 years old. He just signed a contract for eight years. 63.6 million. That is $7.95 million a year, almost $8 million a year he signed for. He had 35 goals, 55 points, 35 goals, 55 points in 66 games. Okay. And the year before he was on pace for probably like 25 25 goals. goals. So he... You know, He's done the, it twice, the, the two year years in a row. Tage was probably on pace for 14. You know, so it's like maybe 16 goals. So, I mean, there's a big difference between 16 goals and 25 goals. Would, if I were to tell you right now, and, and you can, do you think the Sabres are going to be a better hockey team next year than what they were a year before? Like this season coming up? Yeah. Um. <sighs> I don't know. They're practically the same team. Like they no, they're got, not. No, they're not. They're not. Well, what changes did they make? They, I don't know. They, Maybe like a six foot six Owen Power is not the same as uh, right. But uh, I don't want. The, the I don't players want to that here. we had on defense. Right, but but Victor Hedman, Victor Hedman wasn't going into Tampa Bay in his first year as the savior to turn the team around. I mean, he was going in there as a nice piece to add and develop into what he is. But I, I can't sit here. I don't care if the kid's number one overall. Okay, I I mean, I can't sit here and say that through an 82 game schedule, uh, Owen Power is going to be uh, Mr. Consistent through 82 games. I don't know that. I mean, look at Darlene, Darlene in his third year. There were times where he was a fucking train wreck. So I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, the team's so much better because we have Owen Power, because 
I don't know what the fuck Owen Power is. I know what he's supposed to be. I know. Come what on. He, oh, come on, man. Oh, okay. Okay. And an 82 game schedule well, or five let's, or five let's or do the, five let's, or let's do the, the shit on Owen Power. I I'm don't not know what shitting, he's going to be. I'm not shitting on Owen Power, Craig. You're missing my point. I'm actually, if you listen. Well, let me ask you this thing, question. When I say that, no, when I on. say. If you listen to what I'm saying, you'll hear that I don't want to put expectation and pressure on a 20. Is he going to be 20- better than Mark Pissick? Well, obviously. Well, then their fucking team's better than. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. Is Lily Labushkin better than like Colin Miller? Yes or no? I, I, yes. Okay, I yeah, well, well, say yeah. yes. The whole team is better because Darlene is going into another year. He's going to be better. Lily Labushkin is an upgrade over most of our defense that we had last year. We're inserting another player in Owen Power who, as much as he's, he's not 18, Petey. He's not an 18-year-old. He's 20. He's 20 years old. He's older. He's more mature. He is going to be a very strong defenseman. How about Matias Samuelson? Matias Samuelson's 22 turning 23. He's not a kid. You're speaking like Owen Powell no, no, no. will not have any growing pains in the NHL whatsoever. I didn't say wasn't. He, he I didn't out? say wasn't. That's not the fucking question I asked you. You always have to do this. I'm asking you a simple question. Is the team going to be better? Hopefully. Is the goaltending better? No. Oh, you're... Cr- Comrie... Com- Comrie's not a better better upgrade than what we had last year. You're an idiot. Just stop. You say yes, Craig. Yes, you're right. How about the defense core? All the guys that we have: Darlene, Labushkin, uh, Yoki Haru, who's who's young, who's getting better. Matias Salmon. The defense core is ten times better than what it was last year. It's not even close. So yes, say yes, Craig. Yes, they're better. Is is Dylan Cousins going to be better in his third year? Is Peyton Krebs going to be better in his second year? Is Rasmus Asplund going to continue to grow? What about, you know, Casey Middlestad? So just say, yes, Craig. Yes, they're going to be better. We could have, we could have like moved on to another topic already, but you always have to do this. No, I don't think so. I think they're going to be the same. They're not the same. They're much better because the young guys are getting better. They're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. We're not going through those little rookie growing pains anymore. This team's not a rookie. These kids aren't rookie. They're young, but they're not rookies anymore. I'm looking to see. I'm looking to see the fan base is looking to see this team make a stride, make a big stride. We're looking at Dylan Cousins, Peyton Krebs. I don't want to hear any more. Oh, they're super young. And uh, I know they're young. But they've been in the league for a couple years. They know the buildings. They know the teams. They know the players. They know the systems. They feel um, they feel comfortable. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're starting to mature. This team is going to be much better than what it was a year ago. Period. Hence the excitement. Everything you just said is exactly why the fan base and and people are excited about the Sabres. I am a little bit more apprehensive in favor of the players. I am managing my expectations because I don't know what we're going to get in the first 20 games of the season. And I'm going to tell you something. This fucking very tough. This this team better be ready. Night one. You know why? You know who they're playing? A much improved, a much changed 
Ottawa Senators team. You can say Debrinkit isn't this and Claude Giroux isn't that. Well, I say I think you're wrong. Okay, those are big pieces to a, a puzzle and a team that actually at times last year and in the past have given the Sabres trouble. They have beaten the shit out of the Sabres on nights. Brady Kachuk has come in and single-handedly intimidated the entire team. Okay? So they better be ready. They better be ready on night one of the season because the first 20 games aren't going to be like the last 20. It's not going to be cruise control. Let's everybody have a smile. There's no pressure. We lost last night. Big deal. doesn't matter. We're out anyway. Yeah. No. It is... It is you better be ready to, to, to rock and roll from, from puck drop night one. Period. Yeah. End of story. So I don't know. I look at I look at I wasn't Buffalo asking State. that. I didn't ask the question because that's a different topic. I I didn't ask, like, are the Sabres gonna make the playoffs? Are the Sabres gonna have, you know, like where do you see them in the standings next year? I didn't ask that. I asked a very simple question. Are the Sabres going to be better? better and you asked, and are they a better team? Yeah, but you know what? Are they a better team? Because Ottawa, to me, is better. So they Ottawa, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong for the sake of everyone here in Buffalo, Ottawa could finish higher in the standings than Buffalo this season. So that doesn't make them better. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not, you say, is the team better? Are they going to? Should they be better than last year? Yes. I know, but I mean, I could sit here. Are they going to win more games? I I could sit here and right now and argue to the player right now. Right now, I could argue to the player who's better, who has better goaltending. I don't know. Do you want Cam Talbot and Antoine Forsberg? Or do you want Comrie and and Anderson? It's a toss-up, right? Right? Talbot's pretty good. Do you want Thomas Shabbat or do you want Rasmus Dahlin? I think Talbot might be better than Anderson right now because of Anderson's age. But when Anderson five years ago, no chance. I'm not, but, but Talbot's their number one. Yeah. Comrie's our number one. No question. Anderson is going to be a backup to Comrie. You mark my words. You look at the defense core. They have Thomas Shabbat. They have uh, Zaitsev, Hamannick, like Holden, Sanderson. Like these guys are, there's no one. There's no one that I'm sitting there saying that, wow, these guys are amazing. No, Sabres defense moving forward, I think is really strong. We picked up Kevin Adams went out and picked up one ingredient that they desperately needed. And that's a big physical defending sandpaper type defenseman. And that's Lilia Labushkin. He is exactly what this guy, what we want. Here's the thing. You know what? He's not 32. He's not 34. He's 28. He's absolutely in the perfect age. We have Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power that are going to be insane rovers flying all over the place you have a yoki haru who's he's only 23 years old this kid is going to be better next year than what he has in the past samuelson six foot five 225 30 pounds he he is a big hard to play against defender jacob bryson guy's one of the best skating defensemen in the league this defense core is very strong it's a strong they're very young they're, they're green. 
but you're going to grow. You, you talk about Ottawa, you're like, oh, Ottawa's they're absolutely unbelievable. Brady Kachuk, like who do they have? I know they have some, uh, Norris is a really good hockey player, but when you start to go down the Sabres lineup, they have some, they have some fantastic players. But we also have these young guys that are going to be inserted this year. A guy like Jack Quinn at age 20 who completely tore apart the American Hockey League. He was the number one goal scorer and the number one point producer in the league at 20 years old before he he got mono. He ended up with insane stats at the end of the year. He's an incredible player. He's going to have an opportunity. Maybe this guy is the guy that really steps. Maybe we can see this young, this young rookie. Maybe he scores 20, 25 goals next year. The Sabres are an extremely, extremely interesting team. You say that, oh, I think Ottawa could be better. I don't know. Are they? I don't think so. Well, okay. They improved their team. They improved yep, their team. They so, so when teams around you are improving and I, and as you're, as you're, you know, speaking there, I'm going through the Sabres schedule, which we've already done. And I'm just saying, okay, better be, better be ready night one. Cause you have Ottawa. Then you have Florida rolling in here. So you're back to back Kachuks in the first two home games. Then you're going to head out West Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Okay. You're also going to hit Seattle on that trip. Okay. And then you're going to come home. You're going to play Montreal. That should be a lock, but is it a lock? Okay, then you're going to have Chicago. I don't even know if Chicago has any players. Then you have Detroit at the end of the month. There's another team. Okay, name me the first, name me the 10 games. I'm going to tell you their record, honestly. Name me their, their first 10 games. Give them to me. Okay, I'll give you the first month. It's nine games, okay? Yep. Um, Ottawa, Florida. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Montreal, Chicago, Detroit. That is the first month of October. Of What's after Calgary? Vancouver, Seattle. That's a road trip, by the way. And then you have Montreal, Chicago, Detroit at home to finish out the month. So nine games. I'm going to say they're five and four. Yeah, that's what I have. Five wins, four losses. That's what I think that they should be. That's what I think that, the you know, if, if you're anything, if you're under five and four in your first nine games with who you play, that uh, that's not a win. That's not a win. Because I think that uh, they should absolutely beat Ottawa. Florida, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver possibly could be losses. So four in a row. Seattle should be a win. Montreal should be a win. Detroit at home should be a win. And Chicago is definitely a win. That's five and four. And I'm See, okay I, with that. I, I'm, I think they win that Vancouver game. They could. Now they're six and three. Right, and I, I think they're that, six and three. That's a great start to the month for this team. Incredible start. But listen, I mean, they've got a lot of young guys. They've got a lot of not not rookies. 
not kids that are 18, 19. They have kids that are 21, 22, 23, 24. That's still young in this league. But I am really looking to see these guys make big strides. They should be taking off. Dylan Cousins, I'm looking for him to score a 20-plus goal season, have over 50 points, and solidify himself as a really, really tough uh, centerman slash line to play against. Casey Middlestat, I'm looking for him to have 25 goals and, and 65 points. That's what I'd like to see from Casey Middlestat because he's got the talent. He's got the vision. He's got the playmaking ability. If he comes in in great shape, he is going to have a great year. Paige so Thompson. I gave, I gave you, know, you the schedule through rose-colored glasses. Why don't you ask me what the schedule could potentially be as I dive into it if they don't come out as sharp as we think they could? They could be two and seven. They could be, but that's, I mean, if they, if they are coming out two and seven, here's, here's the best part about this. So we're talking about expectations. So expectations of this team two years ago, a year ago was absolutely dead low. No one talked about playoffs. No one talked about expectations. We're just talking about getting better because we have all these young guys and we're just like, we're in a transition. Listen, the transition has happened. The corner has already been turned. Kevin Adams did not go out and sign any players to come in except for Labushkin, which was an awesome, awesome move. And they picked up Comrie, which is a great move. But the, he is allowing every single one of these players on the forward line to earn a spot. And what I mean by that is, where does Rasmus Asplund fit in on this team? He doesn't. Bullshit. Not in his head. I'm going to tell you this. They love Rasmus Asman. You talk to Paulie Hamilton. You talk to the bone. He, he keeps talking about they like Asplin. They like his skating. They like his vision. They like his ability to defend. They like his tenaciousness. He has offensive abilities. You saw him at the world championship. The world championship, he played, he played exceptionally well, put points on the board. Where does he fit in? Well, he's coming to camp to earn a spot. Where does Casey Middlestad, where is his game going? Is he just going to be happy with funneling in behind Tage Thompson where he was ahead of Tage Thompson one calendar year from now? No, Casey Middlestad wants to solidify himself. Also, as an elite. so Casey Middlestad's going to come in and take Tage Thompson's spot. I'm not saying, he, I'm not saying he, well, here's the thing. In your vision, in my vision, in everybody's vision, I would say there's no chance that Casey Middlestadt is going to outscore Tage Thompson. But is he? If I were to tell you that Casey Middlestadt ended the season leading the team in points, would you be surprised? Yes. I wouldn't. Not at all. Go look, go, go click on this guy named Casey Middlestat and go and click on all of his point totals since he was a young kid. Staggering. He's a point producing freak. He has the ability with playing with, with, with proper wingers. Your, that your top three scorers on this team in, in no particular order will be Skinner, Tuck, and Thompson. And not just because they're a line. 
But because I, I expect Alex those guys Tuck to will regularly, not be third in regularly scoring on this produce. team. He might be second in scoring on this team next year. Who? Tuck could no, be fifth. Won't. Like Peyton yeah, Krebs. Peyton Krebs could shoot out of a cannon and 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 have 80 points next year. So I, I'm just saying I'm expecting in no particular order, Skinner, Thompson, Tuck as your one of your those are gonna be your top three scorers. Anything yep. else other than that is a Major uh, surprise and bonus. Tuck will not be third. That's just my opinion. I think he's an unbelievable player. I think he adds a tremendous, he has levels of his game. The way he skates, the way he hits, the way he moves the puck, his defensive side of things, his leadership abilities. There's a lot of levels to Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck will not be in our top three in scoring. That's just my opinion. Good and, and that's okay. That's a really good problem. Other because, players performing you know, and not him underperforming. Exactly. I mean, you have Victor Olson, who is a point producer. Last year, he had, I don't know, like he had a he had an injury riddled season. Like he had an injury riddled season. He went, he went for like what? What was it last year? Twenty nine games without scoring a goal. Well, he ended up with 20 goals last year. He ended up with 50 points last year. And I don't think he even had a good season. He had a great ending to the season. But what about the 30, 40 games before that? Could you imagine if Victor Olsen on a stronger team, okay? Where when I say stronger team, there's more depth throughout the lineups. Victor Olsson has the ability to be a point of game player. I'm not kidding you. He has the ability. Am I a huge fan of Victor Olsson? Um, I think he does a lot of very, very, very good things, but he, he also, I think is an easy player to play against. And when you're playing throughout the season, you're going to have, you know, he's going to do what he has to do. He's going to be a great player, but you know, I ask like, can he elevate his game in the playoffs? The only way of seeing that is seeing him in the playoffs, right? But he's a talented player. Like, he's insanely talented. Like, Victor Olsen could be a point-producing freak on this team. And if he if he catches fire with, let's just say it's a, a Casey Middlestad, you could have fire. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Jack Quinn. I know Jack Quinn's 20 years old, turning 21. I know that. I know he's going to be a rookie in the NHL. But I've seen rookies in the NHL have exceptionally good seasons. And, you know, Jack Quinn has got to be put in a, in a, in a situation to flourish offensively. He's got to play with offensive players. So yeah. there's a lot of players, man. There's a lot of, a lot of players vying for, for jobs at the NHL level. You know, like you have your Paterkas, everyone's raving about Paterka and where does he fit? And it's like, where does he fit? You know, it's well, that's the whole thing. When I say um, when you look at the team here in, in Buffalo, we know the players that are going to be here. Skinner, Oposo, Tuck, Olson, Middlestad, Gergensen, Hinnestroza, Bjork, Thompson, Cousins, Krebs, Quinn, Asplin. We know the team. I didn't even mention Paterka. We know the players. Those are the players that are going to be on this team on the, on the forward line. The defense is pretty much set. Okay. But we know what our forward line is going to look like. Here's the thing. We do not know what the lines are going to look like. 
We do not know what the lines are going to look like because a player that's 21 years old playing his or 20 years old playing his first year in the NHL is very different in his second year because that player feels more comfortable. He understands the buildings in which he plays on the roads. He understands the players. These players are super intelligent. They understand the league. They learn the league. They learn the players, things that they can and can't do against certain guys. They so learn many, the league. So many blind potential combinations. Do you remember rolling into practices after a tough couple games and all of a sudden the jersey colors are different? All the lines are all shaken up and everyone starts talking in the room and so-and-so is going to be pissed because he's off that guy's line or that guy's going to be pissed because so-and-so is off his line. Hey. Yep. It was always I used to I used to love that drama because my jersey was always the same color. <laughs> Sometimes there were five colors of mine, six, who knows how many guys were up at that time, you know, practicing. But it was just interesting to see all the all the little uh conversations behind the scenes about when lines change and oh this guy's off his line. Holy shit, Lindy must be pissed. Hey, oh my god, he's yeah. so mad at him. Oh my god, why is that guy have that, that color all by himself? He's in the dog. And the house. funny thing, as we sit here now and look back at it, how laughable it is because certain players would be off lines and then back on the same line. You know, the next five day. shifts into the fucking game. Exactly. Yeah. So we all know now where that's exactly what the coaches wanted. They want guys to walk into the room, look at the lines and go, holy shit. They took Stafford off of uh, Roisey's line or they took where, why is Palmer playing down here? You know, like we've been doing that our whole lives. And now it's like, it's kind of laughable when you think about it because it was hilarious when we even Maxi would be in the doghouse and all of a sudden he's practicing. It's Max Finnegan off on the right wing with fucking Marin Peters. And you're like, this isn't going to last five seconds. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just made no sense. Anyway, good shit today. Didn't talk about a whole lot, but we talked a lot. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.